You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Welcome to Devoted. Can you believe that it is June? I'm having a hard time believing this, to be quite honest. This is supposed to be summer. And I'm not meaning like in the weather sense that it doesn't feel like summer, but I'm pretty sure that most of us can't even really tell what season we're in. I guess it's a good thing. Hopefully, you know, wherever you're hearing this, you are in a part of the country that the weather's getting a little warmer and all of that fun stuff. Because I I think if we didn't have those changes in seasons, I'm not real sure if we would know where we are right now. In what would have been normal life in May, I had to stop and reflect on this for just a little bit because typically May in my house is a little bit of an endurance test. Typically, a friend of mine, we used to joke that May is as busy as December, but without the fun of Christmas. I mean, if you've got school age kids, do you remember May pre-digital learning? I mean, it was a million like end of the year projects and tests and curriculum wrap up spring sports tournaments. I mean, it was just a lot. And it kind of hits you at a time of year where you're trying to wind down and so you're just kind of tired. And it's sort of the lights at the end of the tunnel, but at the same time, June seems so far away. And bam, then it's here. And now we're in June. And, and then typically what we would be doing, there'd be end of the year parties and class field trips and all of the things that Typically, you're running around so busy, you just can't wait till like the deep breath of summer. And I I just this year feels so different, right? The, The consistency for all of us is that this is this is most definitely different. So some of you, if you have kids at home, you've probably been looking forward to the light at the end of the tunnel in that digital learning is wrapping up. If you're one of those dear teachers out there, oh my goodness, do I have such respect for all of you teachers that have just had to pivot in a way through this whole thing, that really blows my mind. I mean, for some of you guys, most of you guys, you've had to just completely reinvent curriculum as you go to be able to be communicated in a completely different way. I have some dear friends in another state, I'm here in Oregon, that work with little kids like reading doing reading groups and doing these Zoom sessions with their with their little kids that they're reading with. And you guys are amazing. You are amazing. That's for sure. But, you know, clearly some of us would be, we would really like some of that busy, right? You know, there's obviously been all those things we've had to kind of say goodbye to. Those end of the year trips or graduations and end of the year concerts and all of those things that we do miss those things. It is and has been, I think, hard for so many of those transitions and to kind of close that. And this was, you know, it was just a different May. And now we are just remarking on how changed our lives are right now. There's a lot of good in this season, for sure, and so much to be grateful for. But whether you're experiencing blessing or trial right now, I bet the consistent thread for all of us is, like I said, this is different. So this episode, I want to focus on a principle of a word that I've found to just carry me through this season. I've always loved this piece about scripture, but man, particularly as these months have kind of gone on, we're here in Oregon where things are not opening up as quickly, and it's kind of weighed on everybody, I think, a little bit. And I just love this reminder. So we're going to look at the steadfastness of the Lord 
and then some of the really cool reminders that he has for us in scripture about that. And then at the end, I want to wrap up with some practical ideas of things that can help us during what is going to be now quarantine summer. I mean, hopefully for some of you guys, it won't be totally quarantined. But regardless, even if it's not all locked down like we've been for a couple months, it's still going to probably be different than, say, what you looked at last summer, for sure. So we'll look at a couple little practical things towards the end of this. But I wanted to just first just remind us and start right off the bat with the reminder of he is steadfast. And, you know, that word just defined, it's, it's a fixed direction steadily directed, unwavering, firmly fixed. I even just love that definition because nothing has felt firm right now. Nothing has felt consistent. Nothing has felt unchanging. In fact, everything has been the opposite of that. And I know I'm not alone in that we kind of like things that don't change and aren't so transient all the time. You like the things that you can count on. But just so much in our lives right now just don't resemble that definition. And I'm not sure if other than this, I I don't know if I'd ever been so acutely aware of how transient life could be. Because if you kind of think back at how quickly this all hit us, I mean, truly, we were kind of swimming along just fine. You know, we heard some rumblings of some, you know, this virus going on. But no way could any of us have guessed that this is where we would be or that it would last this long or that we would still be talking about this. I mean, we still could be talking about parts of this months from now, even. We just could not have guessed that it happened so, so fast. And we've just not experienced anything like this. We have no reference point for this, but we're here and it is what it is. So how can we be steadfast in the midst of just a transient existence? Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Man, there are so many things in that verse, the reminder that he keeps us in perfect peace. Words that are consistent and steady. Peace is a consistent and steady word, right? Stayed. Trust, trust in the Lord. The fact that the Lord God is an everlasting rock. I mean, something that is hard and firm. I mean, I don't know about you, but I am clinging to things that feel firm. And I love that about these reminders that all of this is changing and it seems like a big mess all the time, but the Lord is not. And he is our everlasting rock. So we look to him who is unchanging. And how do we do this? You know, we, we want to discipline our mind, our wandering thoughts that can get distracted by the worries of our daily lives and, and instead root ourselves in his word. Now, I don't, I don't want to glaze over this and spout some, you know, Christianese about being rooted in his word without taking a second to mention what we mean by that, because I, I know that can sound, you know, very churchy. But I think I just like the picture that it brings to mind of a tree. And that passage in Psalm 1, and it says that his delight will be in the law of the Lord who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. And there's just something peaceful about that passage. It sounds amazing. But it's just that picture of when you meditate on, it's saying the law day and night, what's the law, the word of God, when you are mulling those things over, then you are going to just get deeper roots. And again, that picture is so awesome too, right? Because if you have deep roots in something, if you have a really strong tree that's roots go deep, deep in the ground, when storms come and when the things come that knock the tree around, the, the tree just kind of, it just stays. 
I mean, it's, its leaves might rustle a little bit, but the, the structure of the tree stays intact because its roots are so deep. And it's why we'll talk a little bit about different ways that you want to be rooted in the word and how you get that. But I think it's an important thing to keep in mind because you may have times where you're reading the word and you're like, oh, I didn't really get anything out of that. I think that's a wrong way of looking at that. Instead, I think we need to look at that as reading the word is you're just storing it up. You're sending those roots deeper and deeper into the ground so that when you are in tougher times, your roots are just going to be really strong, really deep and less shaken by the things that are around us. I know that I, you know, as particularly as we're in a season like this where it's just it's just tough. Again, a lot of good things, a lot of things to be really thankful for, but there's a lot of heaviness too. And some deep roots are really, really important right now. And I do love being in the word in the morning, particularly in the phase of life I'm in now. But that hasn't always been the case. There's been seasons when my kids were really little or maybe infants. And I remember just even having like the small little devotional book that had just a little scripture and a really sweet thought. I think it was an Elizabeth Elliot book or something at the time. And it was short. It maybe took me two minutes, but it was so encouraging. And then Sometimes it was a worship song that would just kind of play through my mind. And and sometimes that's literally what quiet time looked like a little bit. And then when my kids were toddlers, it was often maybe it was that, but maybe adding in just leaving your Bible on the counter. Have you ever done that? It's really great because you can just leave it out and you can catch a scripture there in the morning and then you can catch one again later on. It's just it's never enough to just do a little bit, I find at one time, and you're going to need more later on. So there's all kinds of different ways. And I know that sometimes if you're a mom, you don't feel like quiet time is necessarily very quiet. Again, we're really hard on ourselves as far as we almost feel like we're going to be graded on what this should look like. You know, we have to follow some certain formula for that. And I don't think that's what it is. And so evaluate the place that you are at in your life and where you can add in. I do challenge you to stretch yourself a little bit. And sometimes that might be just the most uncomfortable thing ever of making yourself get up 15 minutes earlier. Or maybe it's doing something in the evening where you're just right before you go to bed, making sure that something is just fresh in your mind that you have read some scripture right before you've gone to bed. I have done often, I love to listen to the audio Bible, several different versions you can get out there. But I love to listen to that sometimes as I go to go to sleep at night or whatever. I just love that. I love that it, that it puts you in the word and you can just kind of dwell on it. And I, I really enjoy that. But there's all kinds of ways. But I would encourage you to have a plan, you know, and even write it out if that helps you so that you're kind of having some benchmarks that you're working towards. Or maybe you don't like to write things out, but maybe you have a friend that you can talk to and say, hey, let's read through John together this month. You know, it's not a checklist that you're checking off. So if that is your thing, that won't help you with that. But sometimes it might even be helpful to just have some accountability and somebody that you're doing it with. But I think having a plan is good. And we'll kind of circle back to plans and structure a little bit towards the end of this. But we want to continue as we're in this phase of change and nothing being consistent to disciplining our minds to, like I said, not being so wandering and worried about all the things that are that are around us, but replacing those worries and those thoughts with 
God's word. And taking our thoughts captive, 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says that, take every thought captive to obey Christ. And what does that mean? I mean, that means, first of all, that we can control the things that we think about. And I love that, about that when scripture puts things like this that are not just encouragement, but they're prescriptive. Like it's saying it's possible for you to take your thoughts captive. Romans 12, 2 reminds us that we could be transformed by the renewal of our minds. So that means that you're not a victim to your thoughts. You can take them captive. I remember when my kids were really small and if they had like a bad dream or something like that and they would tell me about their bad dream, I remember sitting them down one time and asking them to picture taking those bad thoughts and the bad things that they were thinking about and sticking them in jail and slamming the door and locking the door and walking away. Sometimes making yourself go through a physical exercise or, you know, a mental exercise, I think can be kind of helpful. I had a real struggle with this. And I, and I know, again, I'm not alone because I've talked to some friends that it's very similar where you can totally go there with the worst possible scenario. When my husband and I first got married, if he was supposed to be home at six, this is way before like cell phones and all the texting and all that kind of stuff. If he was supposed to be home at six and he wasn't home. I was immediately certain that he was in a car accident, struggling for his life on the side of a road. I mean, every time I was worst case scenario to the point like it would really I would get really worried about this stuff. And I remember someone encouraging me once in the passage in Philippians four of thinking the things that are true. There's all kinds of other good things that come after in that passage, if you read the full thing. But often for me, I don't even need to get past that first part. Whatever things are true, think on these things. If you're thinking on the things that are true, did I know that my husband was not going to make it home, that he was, you know, fighting for his life on the side of the road? Well, absolutely not. Taking those thoughts captive. I think that's kind of what this is telling us to do, that we can take those worries captive and replace them with the things that we know that are true. And we know that God's word is true. We know that he is faithful. We're going to look at a couple more passages on this too. But that is a discipline that we kind of have to actively do with ourselves. We have to take that responsibility and we have to decide there's all this uncertainty with what's going on with COVID. There are people that have lost their jobs. There are people that don't know exactly where their income is going to come from. They don't know if they're going to get their job back. Maybe some of them are, it's just a temporary thing. There are stories of folks with whether it's a medical issue that can't get the treatment they were getting to because of all of the lockdowns and different things. There is without a doubt things that could definitely play on our worries and all the things that we just can't control right now. Everything just feels so uncertain. But what are the things that we do know? Like I said, there's all those things that we don't know. We can't answer the treatment questions and all the things that we're faced with on the news all the time. We have no idea. If anything has been certain and I'm convinced of with all of the COVID situation is that pretty much nobody really knows. I mean, there is so much information out there and it everyone thinks something different. And they have experts on both sides that say things that look equally credible. But at the end of the day, you sit here and go, man, well, what do we know? So we don't know about all that stuff. But what do we know? And the things that we do know is that he is faithful. He's faithful in pandemics. He's faithful when life is going awesome. And he's faithful right now. Second Timothy 2.13, it says, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Did you catch that? 
it's not just in the verb sense of, of he will be faithful, but that it's his very nature. It's his character. It is who he is. I mean, it's not like he's trying to be faithful. He doesn't have to try. He just is. We, as people, we have to try. We work at the virtue of being faithful. But it's, by definition, it is who God is, according to that passage in 2 Timothy. A few others that I just want to read to you, and I hope these just encourage you because there's so many in Scripture, and I think it's easy to forget just how much he wants to remind us that he is constant and he is steady. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. 1 Corinthians 1, 9, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And another one in Deuteronomy 32, 4, the rock, his work is perfect for all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. So it's because we know this, we know those things, that he is faithful, that we can pray and ask him, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Because we're reading all those scriptures about how God is faithful. We know his word is true. We know it is unchanging. We know God is unchanging, but we don't feel so unchanging. We don't feel quite so steadfast. I keep going back to that passage in 2 Corinthians about us taking our thoughts captive and replacing them with things that are true and the things that are of the Lord and the fact that he is totally in control and he is faithful and steadfast. He is that everlasting rock. It makes my heart just ready to pray that prayer of Psalm 5110. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Asking the Lord to help us to be steadfast during a time that truly does not feel it. So I wanted to just to lead off with those things of encouragement to be steady and steadfast, but because I think that just needs to be our launch pad for whatever our efforts are that we're trying to do. You know, 1 Corinthians 15, 58 reminds us to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And we do have work to do right now, don't we? I mean, I want to, if I can, just talk to the moms out there for a second. Y'all are about to go into summer. And it's not that I don't feel that, I mean, this has been school, yes, I have three kids. They've been doing digital learning. They've been rocking it. And we've had some structure to our days, but they've been here. So in some ways, it's it's felt like we have, it's sort of been summer, you know, because I'm not used to seeing the kids quite this much. And it's it's that part has just been a huge blessing. So, but it's easy, you know, we're all getting tired of digital learning, right? And all of the Zoom calls the kids are having, they're done, you know, they are ready to be done. But can I encourage you, this is just a little practical stuff, to get some structure, get some structure for your family going forward. It can be super easy when you feel like you've just been structured up the walls to go, I don't want to find any more structure. I just want to let it go. And I want to, you know, I just don't even want to worry about this stuff. But 
that doesn't work very well. And even if you don't have kids and maybe you're not even married, I bet you know what I mean, where you have those days that if you kind of don't give yourself some sort of structure, this is what I need to do here. This is what I need to do here. Have some purpose, having some things of doing the next thing. It can feel like you're not fully taking advantage, I guess, of the day. I, I know that my days where I'm not planning as well, I don't feel like I've used my time as well either. And, you know, scripture does commend us to be working. You know, it even says here, always abounding in the work of the Lord. All of you guys have work that the Lord has given you to do, whether you work outside the home, whether you are at home with your kids, wherever it is, you have work that the Lord's called you to do. And, you know, be praying as you're going into these next couple months that, yep, this is summer, but it looks different for all of us, right? Probably most of us had vacations maybe planned probably can't take those now. Or if we do take them, they're probably going to look very different. So all of the things that, again, that we planned aren't there. But don't just take that as, well, I can't do anything about that. So I'm just not going to worry about it. And, you know, we're just not going to have any structure. We're just going to do whatever. You won't love it. You just won't. And so for those of you with kiddos, I would really recommend getting a structure. Be gracious with yourself for sure, but find some structure and kind of find a plan because you will stay sane. (laughs) I think for us, we made a couple shifts, I don't know, several years back. I don't, I think it might have been kind of a combination of like a whole bunch of different ideas I had seen off Pinterest and then my own kind of like, how would this work for my family? And and that's always what you got to remember. Just because it works for somebody else's family, that does not mean it will work for your family. But I did learn very early on that my kids were capable of doing things to help take care of the house. And it really instilled in them like a, a better work ethic. It gave them responsibility about the house and all of that kind of stuff. And so what we did years ago, we call it the summer zones around here. We divide our house up in sections. And every week, Ever somebody's assigned a different zone. And for us, I worked out a point system a little bit. And as when they were younger, there were little points that they worked up and maybe it was a, a jamba date with mom or, you know, different things like that. And then sometimes there were like bigger prizes towards the end. And it, it we have adjusted it by age. And some parents that I've talked to about this, they have used it and done it more with giving them an allowance type of stuff with them just to kind of teach them the value of money and tithing and all of those things, which can be such important things for your kids to learn too. But I tell you, it's it has been an amazing system. We've done it for I don't even know how many years. And it brings so much peace in our home because on Sundays we switch up the zone and somebody's assigned a different zone. Maybe they had the bathroom zone before the family room zone or the kitchen zone, but everybody kind of gets their thing and you know, and then we we rotate them. And it just, it helped the kids stay up on top of things. It helped our house stay peaceful with everybody around and all of those kinds of things, taught them how to do things. Now, if you're you're listening to this and you're like, okay, that sounds like way too many things to put together. That's way involved. It's involved the first time that you have to do it, right? Your first summer that you kind of implement that, you have to put a little bit of work into it. But I haven't had to do that since. You know, you just make minor tweaks and, and then it's there. So just a practical little idea on 
keeping some structure. We always, I get asked a lot of times about, well, what do you do about screen time? And especially right now, because it's been so crazy with the kids having to be on screen so much because of Zoom calls and school stuff and that kind of stuff. And and in some cases, it's been the only way they can see their friends, right? So I have to tell you, honestly, I've got to still figure that out and what that will look like for the summer. But for us, what we always did with video games and things like that, we would we would make specific days that they could use their screen minutes because I'm a mean mom and I made them earn their screen minutes. So they always had to read and then they could earn them based on however their age appropriateness was, if it was two to one or one to one, or sometimes it went the other way, but they had to earn their minutes and then they could use their screen minutes on two days a week. And I remember when my husband first came up with that idea and he said, I really think that you just need to come up with two days in the week and that's the only days they can do screen. I looked at him like I I thought he was crazy. I was like, no, there's no way. I can't, you don't want to do that. And, but we did it. And I mean, after week one, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Because on the other days that weren't screen, they didn't ask. Like I told them, if it's not a screen day, don't even ask me because it's not happening. And it was so great because then the only times that they had the option, I didn't have to have all the millions of questions. They just knew on the days it was a screen day, that was the day that they got to use their minutes. And then as a mom, you know, when you have been asked 500 times, can I, can I play screen? Can I play this? And you just are done with the question, right? And it was so great because it just freed up our home to be like, if it's not one of those screen days, you're, you're not doing it. And it, just worked so well. So that is a particular thing that regardless of my kids' age, I've still kind of kept. And I have to get creative, of course, is now my kids are a little older. And so sometimes you got to work out the phone stuff and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I don't want to get on that tangent too much. But I also want to offer you guys just some practical things, because truly having structure within your day is huge. But then to circle back to the plan apart from just practical stuff with kiddos, but to circle back to the plan, like with your kids even, of what Bible study can look like. This is huge. And, you know, I I talked about earlier having a plan for you, that you can stay in the Word of God and and do that. You you definitely want to find something in there. And again, be gracious with yourself. If you're in a place, if you're in a season that it is not going to be possible for you to study scripture for an hour, don't stress about that write a scripture down and post it, you know, right by your sink or something. If you do get to drive around places these days, which not everybody does, I always put verses in my car and things that you can be looking at and be reminded of those things. That's all such good stuff. But keep that plan too for your kids. And we're going to do a whole episode, I think, sometime on Bible study with a family and ideas of how what that can look like. But encouraging your kids because they model kind of what they see, too, you know, and I've talked about it before, but, you know, I used to always see my dad up early, early, early in the morning. And my dad has gone home to be with the Lord. But I'm telling you, those are some of the I still see it like I can just clearly see that. And I'm so thankful for that model that I saw because it just it just showed such faithfulness on his part. But it also, it was just so instructive to me. I mean, truly, I mean, my dad did all kinds of things in life, of course. And, but that is one image 
I just won't be able to shake. And I love that so much. And I think it's important for us to have habits like that, that model it to our kids. But don't just do it because you're being a good model for it. You know, just studying the word has so much value to it. And just but don't be afraid to mix things up and do things a little differently. Summertime is such a great time to be able to go, hey, I'm just going to take the next eight weeks and I'm just going to read the, you know, the gospel of John or something that maybe you have not done in a while. That is such a great thing to do. Don't be freaked out if the Bible plan that you've been doing all year, if you get off track a little bit and you decide, hey, I want to go study First Corinthians for a little bit. There's just no wrong answer when you decide where you're going to study in Scripture, because every time the Lord meets us there. I hope that is encouraging to you guys, hopefully in a little bit in both ways, right? I want you to hear and be reminded of the steadfastness of the Lord. He is the constant. Nothing feels constant right now, but we know that the Lord is faithful. We know that he's trustworthy. We know that he is unmoving. And I have read those verses over and over that we just talked about in this. And every time they just feel like a breath of fresh air to me. Because like I said, I just don't think before I realized how much I liked things that I thought I could count on, you know, things that were predictable factors in daily life. And we just don't have that. You really have zero idea what it's going to even look like next week. We don't hardly know what it's going to look like tomorrow, right? Proverbs 4.26 says, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in your ways. And I think that's such a great scripture to end us on because we do want to give careful thought to what our work is right now, whatever the Lord's called you to do. We do want to be intentional with it. We don't want to just get up, move through a day and, and not have a clue what even happened that day. We want to use our time wisely. So give careful thought to the paths for your feet. And then it says to be steadfast in all your ways. And again, for us to be able to claim that steadfastness, I think we need to go back to the prayer and praying Psalm 5110 created me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Because I know there's been lots of days that I don't feel that steadfastness. I feel weak and I feel like things are so transient and so inconsistent and, I, and, I, and it's a struggle to see that. But that's not what the Lord calls us to be. He calls us to take those thoughts captive and to give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in your ways. So be encouraged in the fact that even when we don't feel steadfast, even when things feel really crazy, that he is steadfast. He is faithful. It is his very character. So I pray that you all have a great week and we will see you next time on The Devoted Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to The Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of A.V. Creek Christian Fellowship in West Lynn, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at apcreek.com.